0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Blitz Package. Today we're going to be talking about the defense, and I got Chris and Britt with me today. And if you guys have seen any of our articles over on Arrowhead Addict or on KC Kingdom, then now you're getting a chance to hear what we think of the team overall and get to hear a little bit of everything since usually the topics on the articles are a little more narrow in the uh, what, what we get to talk about. But here we get you get to hear everything we think about this team. And today... We're gonna do a little bit of a positional breakdown and talk about the coaching, and then once we've we're done with that, we'll go into the Giants game. So, I'll let you guys start. Who wants to go on the defensive line first? What are you guys' thoughts there?
1: Uh, Chris, I'll go. let you go first.
2: Oh man, you know what? I think all the problems start all the problems with the defense this year starts on the defensive line. Problems. <clears throat> At the beginning of the year, I was certain that our defensive line was going to be so much improved Uh, from 2016. I thought uh, Chris Jones was going to be a monster out there. The return of Alan Bailey. um, I just felt like we were going to have this unstoppable defense and it was going to start there. I believe... I mean, we have problems throughout. We have problems with the linebacker group. We have problems with the secondary. But I can blame a lot of the problems on the secondary for the lack of production from the defensive line. Um, there is, I mean, it's unbelievable the difference between the 2016 Chiefs defense and the 2017. In my opinion, I know we always gave up yards, but there, the big plays There were so many big plays on defense in 2016 That we're not seeing in 2017 um, That it, it's, it's mind-blowing to, to watch it game after game After game after game
1: Yeah The biggest surprise for me is I thought Benny Logan would just be a Shutdown kind of guy And I mean I think he's been Solid but by no means Has he been a dominant force Uh, Jones I think is having a bit of a sophomore slump I think teams kind of Figured him out a little bit So they're they're game planning for him So he's just going through that usual Sophomore slump Got to figure out how to combat what they're doing to you Um, Bailey's been strong But it's kind of like the whole D line They'll make a play here and there Where you're like "That's, that's Alan Bailey I remember That's the Chris Jones I remember That's why we signed Benny Logan but then they'll disappear for ten straight plays, and we'll get gouged in the run. None of them are getting pass pressure, and then all of a sudden, bow Chris Jones is five yards in the backfield, laying out the running back. So it's just the consistency. They still got it there. It's just the consistency isn't there, and I don't know yeah, if that's I, I, I don't I would, know. If I would
0: agree. I would. I, th- I think that the consistency is the issue, especially you know you look at you know how you both mentioned Chris Jones and. You know, we, he's had a few games now that he has just been an absolute dominant force. You know, we, we look at that Philly game where he had a few sacks, a couple forced fumbles, even an interception. And then you'll have games where you don't even see him at all, and he's just a non-factor. And, um, you know, he quietly had a pretty good game against Dallas, but it, it's that inconsistency. He's very on and off this year. And then uh, – for me, I think that uh, Benny Logan has probably been the most consistent part of that defensive line. I think that, um, I, I mean, I'm I'm happy with what I've seen from him so far this season. I don't I don't think that uh, I was truly expecting just a absolute dominant you know best in the league. But um, you know, when, when especially when they're playing that three down lineman set, I, I see him getting back there and he's really not meant for the pass rush he's got a little bit but he's mostly a run blocker and I think that out of all really four if you want to count Nunez as in there I think that he's been the most consistent I think he's the one that has done the best against uh the double teams and stuff like that so um but I, I I can't agree I guess with the uh you know, saying that the defensive line is the the start. I mean, you, I could see how you would say it's the start of the problem, but I don't think it's the biggest overall problem because last year we had, you know, no pass rush whatsoever with Houston gone most of the year and D4 being really inconsistent, and we still made plays. I, I think that it's mostly on the secondary, but we'll, we'll leave that for a little more of a topic. But, yeah, has anyone heard... If Alan Bailey's, you know, okay, I know he lived off the field last week. I uh, haven't heard anything
2: more. I haven't heard anything more about it so far this week. I don't
1: think he was on the injury report. They got a couple guys on the report: D Ford and, uh, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but I don't remember seeing Bailey listed on there. So I assume he's back full go.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was. I was definitely expecting to see a little more from Bailey this year, especially. Uh, after the preseason, you know, especially that that Bengals game always, you know, comes back to me in the preseason where, he, I mean, he just bolstered through there and the speed that he had getting back to the backfield. But it, it's been a very quiet season for him so far. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I think that Benny Logan's probably been the most consistent piece on that defensive line. And then now you have... Uh, you know, our second nose tackle for a run stop and Roy Miller being gone after the arrest in uh, Jacksonville. So yeah, I, I mean, I definitely thought Chris Jones was going to be having a better year at this point. Um, you know maybe it is that sophomore slump, but at the same time, you know we've seen games where he just absolutely dominates and then the next game he you, you just don't even hear his name. Chris is, Chris, to, Chris is to me is the biggest
2: disappointment. Um, and I'm a fan. Uh, he averages two tackles a game. Um, his stats Philadelphia was his best game by far uh, four tackles, three sacks, uh, an interception, and uh, two forced fumbles. I mean, that was, that was, we all thought that Chris Jones was. Was coming our way, nothing. I'm sorry, man. Two two tackles a game, on average. It's uh, it's very disappointing to me.
1: And and I think you're right, Travis. That the D line's not the biggest problem. I it, when I said it's the start, I think it's just that's you know it all starts at the D line. But they're right. by far not the biggest problem. I think Logan's been good. Um, like you said, I think he's been the best of the bunch. Ford or uh, Ford. Uh, Jones, he's throwing flashes. I think Roches has had a pretty good year. Um, When he gets time, uh, Jones, Jones is the heart of the defense at this point. I mean, when you're watching the game, he's the one always getting the crowd hyped up. He's showing more energy than anybody else. Like, he seems to be the biggest energizer bunny on the defense at least. Like, he's never taken a playoff. Nobody ever says he's not bringing it full strength. So... I think it's just more of a sophomore. Some people have figured out, okay, we're going to guard you, block you this way instead of letting you go one-on-one like we did last year. And then, Those are
2: all good points. Those are all good points. Yeah, You know, I'm feeling under the weather. I don't know if you can tell uh, by lit- hearing me, but uh, I'm surprised that I'm the bad guy so far in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then um,
1: uh, Bailey, I think it's just, you know, that first year coming off an injury. uh you know, Johnson's kind of going through the same thing. Barry did it at the beginning of last year. He was a little slow coming back, but then, you know, he was full bore. I think hopefully after the bye week, maybe they've re-schemed some things and everybody back to 100% health and give everybody a break. Hopefully it's the old bye week came at the perfect time thing.
0: Right, and you look at it and, you know, I remember, you know, the, that first probably five or six weeks everybody was – You know just raving and uh, pissed about the fact that we're dropping eight every play so I think that's a huge factor in it that you know we haven't seen a whole lot from the defensive line considering the fact that they were dropping eight a big number of the time Uh, so you only had three two to three guys rushing but these last few games we have seen less of that and I, I think that the defensive line looked a lot better against Dallas when we were actually playing the run instead of playing the pass, and we saw a lot more base three four sets. Uh, we saw more nickel sets where you had two linebacker, two middle linebackers instead of the one in the safety, and I think that was a huge, um, a huge jump forward. I think they looked a lot better in that game and. Um, we, we saw a lot more big bodied guys, you know, uh, Benny Logan had more snaps this game. Uh, they brought Roy Miller, they activated him for that game. And then R&R got some more snaps. So I, I think that, I think really when you look at all of the defense, I think a lot of it has to do with, the play calls. I, I think that they're not really being set up at this point to succeed. And I think that's all the way from the defensive line back to the secondary.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like you said, when they've been paying more attention to the run the last game or two. And then the D line does what it's supposed to do it's taking up blockers, and the linebackers and the safeties are the ones that are supposed to be up here making the tackles. And when they took Sorensen out and put uh, Ragland or Pierre Lewis in there, an actual linebacker, they're getting, they're getting shooting the gaps, getting the holes filled, and making the tackles like the how the defense is supposed to be playing.
0: Well, and speaking of linebackers, you know we can we can kind of jump right into there. I think that um, the Dallas game it, it seemed like the linebackers, especially the middle linebackers, were a lot more aggressive, and it makes me wonder if it if it was Bob Sutton telling them to hold back because I've talked about. Um, you know, the, like DJ, Ragland, uh, KPL, all of them, like they looked hesitant for a majority of the season. And against Dallas, we saw them shooting gaps. We saw them being aggressive and getting into that backfield. And so it makes me wonder if Sutton was the one telling them to wait for the running back to come to them. And we, we saw that didn't work. We saw a lineman. Uh, being able to get to them and push them out of the play And that's why you saw a lot of You know secondary getting the tackles After a 10 yard gain But um, I gotta say I I I want to run this by you guys And I, I talked about it on my other podcast A few weeks back But as hard as it is To imagine What do you guys think Is DJ done
1: Yeah I mean, after, after this year, he's done. I mean, he's still, he's kind of like Peyton Manning his last year. He's still DJ. He's still smart. He knows where to go. You see him, he always, he seems to always pick the right holes. He's good in coverage. He just has lost too much step. I can't count the number of times this year where I've watched a play, seen him going for the running back, the running back hitting a hole, and thinking old DJ, he's going to close the gap knock the guy out for two yards at best and the guy just keeps running and DJ's two yards behind him and it's just he's lost the step that he just can't he can't catch it anymore and you know for this year he's still good he's still your best middle linebacker because he knows what he's doing but I don't think he's anything that can come back next year and I hope he retires as a chief and doesn't you know try to hold on and go somewhere else for a year or two but we'll have to see on that one
2: uh I don't think that he uh I don't think he's I think he's done being a starter I mean I don't know I look at I look at Tom Baha Lee and you know I I think he's done too but I I think he can still help I think Derrick Johnson can help but I don't think that he needs to uh he doesn't need to be out there every, every play. Um, but like Britt said, he is our best middle linebacker. And I mean, if we don't do anything in the off season, we're, I hope he stays.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if he's, if he's our best middle linebacker again next year, then then we have a lot of problems.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I agree. I think, I think that, uh, you know, we saw against Dallas, we saw his snap count lower. He was out there for about 75% of the time. We saw a lot of KPL and Ragland out there. And it, it they, them two working together looked pretty decent. Um, I went back and finally watched the All-22 uh, on the defensive side. And I was actually really impressed with KPL and Ragland when they're allowed to be aggressive and attack the holes. But uh, I actually kind of disagree with you Britt, because I think that DJ is more it seems to me more mental because I've seen him miss or take the wrong holes multiple times this year I mean just at a very strong count and uh, I, I do agree that he has lost the step you know we've seen him not be able to get to that sideline as as quick as he used to but I've also seen him take some very uh, poor angles to get over there. I've seen him shoot the wrong gap. I've seen him get, uh, you know, tricked by the running back a lot more than uh, last season. So honestly, that's that's what's so confusing to me because I know how smart DJ is and how uh, he can command that defense. But I've seen him too much this year make mental errors, which it, it it's really weird. I was expecting for the... The physical, you know, losing a step, but I feel like he's lost a step in the mental game as well.
1: Well, and I, and I think he did that at the beginning of the year a lot more too. And I think that was just because he he hadn't figured out yet that he's his legs aren't there. Um, the last game against Dallas and the game before that, I noticed a lot more where he's more comfortable knowing what he is now. He, he was shooting gaps better, and then he was, he, he was picking gaps better. I think at the beginning of the year, he was taking bad angles. He was shooting the wrong gaps because he was either hesitant with his legs or he thought he could still have that fourth gear. And then when he hit it, he realized he didn't have the fourth gear and the guy was by him. So I'm hoping that's what it is and that he just was a little delayed figuring it out. And now he's come to grips with who he is and settles down the rest of the year. And it's just kind of like Peyton, like I said, like Peyton Manny was, where. Okay, I'm not hitting the eighty, you know, the fifty yard bombs anymore. I can only throw it twenty yards, but I'm gonna be really smart about who I throw it to that twenty yards. DJ, yeah, same Yeah, I way. think that's
0: a really good analogy. Yeah.
1: DJ, I same think- way. Just pick the right hole and do the bet. You know, do what you can do now. Don't try to do what you could do two years ago.
0: Right. So before we move to the outside linebackers, what are your guys' opinions on Ramique Wilson? Because I know. Every week I see on Twitter, you know, why is Rameek Wilson not out there? And I know that, one, he doesn't play special teams. So, obviously, like KPL and the uh, League are going to be out there over him since they do play special teams. And then Raglan's the guy they just brought in and wanting to be that thumper that we've all been looking for. So, what, what are your guys' thoughts on Wilson at this point?
1: I think he's done as a chief, and he's there for – Extra body if somebody gets hurt But Pierre Lewis gives them the special teams And kind of the speed guy Like Johnson was And Ragland is the thumper And I know Veach and the team Love both of them So I think it's just Rameek Wilson's The odd man out
2: Yeah he's He's a casualty of war I think this season I think he's He's An easy guy to pick on, all right? Our defense is struggling, and and you're not cutting it. But I just think he's a casualty of war. I think there's been a few of them uh, on the defense this year that we don't see as much
0: as we used to, you know? Yeah, I agree. So switching to outside linebacker, you know, Justin Houston's back, fully healthy for the most part. You know, we saw him get nicked up earlier on, and we've all had our kind of wondering if he actually is fully healthy. Is it the play calling? Is it him? Um, and then Ford's been on and off with back injuries that were unexpected. I think that they brought Holly back a little early. I think that they wanted to wait uh, till after the bye week to bring him back, but Ford kind of forced him. Um, so between those three, and you can add Passanio and um, Zombo in there, what what are your guys' – how do you feel – about the overall group of outside linebackers that we have right now.
1: Can we cut D Ford in season?
0: I am, I'm with you.
1: Because <laughs> he's just a waste of absolute space. He only has one pass rush, and that's his speed rush, which every left tackle knows, and they just let him run way upfield. They give him one push, and he's 10 yards past the quarterback. He can't set the corner at all in the run game. Just watch the running game. The, def- the offense is run to his side every time. Uh, Houston's Houston I think he's kind of the same as DJ Year coming back after an injury I don't think he's quite 100% But he's still setting the edge He's still knocking the running backs down He's getting pressure on the quarterback When they actually let him get pressure on the quarterback uh, Zombo's actually been playing very well Compared to what I thought he could do He's getting some pressure on the quarterbacks when they ask him to. And he's at least setting the edge and doing a lot better at running than Ford. So, Zombo should be starting from here on out. That's for sure. Ali, I, I like him bringing him back against Dallas just to knock some rust off. Let him get his feet wet, see how his knee holds up when you know you got a bye week for him to rest. Which, obviously, was a good thing considering he's back on the injury list after only 23 snaps. I think he's kind of in the same boat as DJ. I think he's done. I think you can count on him for 10, 15 snaps a game late in the fourth quarter. You need to seal the deal. I'm putting him in and letting him rush the quarterback opposite Houston to get big pressure. But I think Ford's just a absolute waste of space and a hole in the defense. But you got to have somebody to play, I guess. So.
2: I'm so- <laughs> I'm smiling while you're talking because I feel like <laughs> you know i remember i remember uh when I was over at Never Head addict with you guys that every, every morning Britt would say something that the whole group would totally disagree with, and it was <laughs> so entertaining because Britt is the black sheep, and today in this episode, I really feel like that uh that i'm challenging you for this i don't see i don't see anything good from anybody and i don't watch as much film as you guys i will admit that but uh you know d ford i yeah maybe he is a waste of money but he isn't doing anything that i haven't seen anybody else in that linebacker group do or as well uh Justin Houston Listen I I really I believe And it goes back to my defensive line statement Of where it all starts Football is a team game And in order for someone to have Personal success Individual success There has to be some type of success Around them And there hasn't been any In my opinion Justin Houston is a bright spot He, He seems like Watching these games that he's playing Really well You watch, you look at the stats And meh You know you, it's Nothing jumps really jumps out At you, like wow he had a really good Game, or he's playing just Awesome this year, but as you Watch the game it really seems like That he's playing pretty well But again, you know He has lots of games where there's one tackle Two tackles, ugh But I don't blame him for everything. If there's, it's, I would like to see more of our rookie linebackers. I would like to see them. Um, There's, something's got to change. Sutton has to change something. I'm sorry, 29th ranked defense doesn't cut it for me. And it's hard for me to find very much good to talk about. Frank Zombo, he's come up with some big plays. But you know, D. Ford has had one or two as well. Uh, I I don't uh, I don't know how much playing time would Zombo get anywhere else other than Kansas City. Um, that's a question to ask. How, you know, what would these guys be doing on other teams? Uh, would they be playing? Would they be cut already? Uh, Houston, uh, Houston will. Will play better, and his stats will get better when the people around him get better. And I think it'll happen. I don't think. I don't think uh, by the end of the year we're going to have the 29th ranked defense. If we do, of uh, you know, the month of December and January is not going to be very fun. But uh, that's my thought. I'm I'm not impressed. I'm just not impressed. Okay, so I got I actually.
0: I'm going to kind of build off of you, Chris. Um, You know, I agree with you, Britt, that uh, Houston's not quite 100%, but he still is looking like Justin Houston, in my opinion. I think that, you know, he does a lot of that grunt work, you know, the setting the edge and disrupting the backfield and basically – Forcing the running back to cut back in for someone else to get the tackle, and uh, I, I don't think that there is a better outside linebacker against the run in the league. That's uh, may call me a homer, but I, that's my opinion. I think that Justin Houston is the best outside linebacker to play against the run. Um, Ford, I completely agree. I I don't. I've never been high on him. Uh, he is a liability in the run game. He's an okay pass rusher. Everybody likes to bring up last season when he was on Justin Houston's side and got 10 sacks. And you go back and look at those sacks, they were all against either really weak defensive lines or backup right tackles. And even then, he admitted before the season started that he was inconsistent last year as well. And so I I agree I don't like Ford, but I do think he will be on this team next year. Uh, I I do think they will pay out the fifth-year option, mainly because Holly's already going to be gone. And so, you know, who's going to take that spot from him? I don't see it being Zombo. I I see Zombo being that fourth guy, uh, you know, next year probably as well. Um, But Ford, to me, I I completely agree. He is not stepped up he's not really improved very much over the four years he's been here, especially for a first round pick. And it's really frustrating when you're sitting behind Justin Houston and Tom Baha Lee, who is probably the best hand fighter, you know, and you, you can't, we haven't seen him change anything. He just tries to bull rush every time and he can't succeed bull rushing with how we play our outside linebackers. You know, Bob Sutton likes to play them like defensive ends, and D4 does not have the size or strength for that. I think that if you put D4 uh, on a team that runs a lot of uh, three down linemen, I think that he'd have more success. And if you go back and watch some of his film from last year, that's when he did have success, was when we had three down linemen instead of the two. Uh, I just don't think that he is big or strong enough to be able to take on these linemen. Uh, as, as playing like a defensive end, uh, with Hawley, I think that, um, you know, I definitely think he's limited. I think that they put him on the uh, pup list to save him for the end of the season. I think they're going to kind of continue to do that as much as they can, keep him for that down downfield stretch at the end, but. I see a lot of fire in him. I see him, you know, really getting back there last week or two weeks ago, I guess, uh, against Dallas. I saw him uh, really fighting. I think it was like a third play. He forced someone to hold him before he got to Dak Prescott. Um, But I I don't agree with the wanting to see the rookies, honestly. Um, I get where people are coming from, but if you've watched Passanio even when they brought him in against Denver, he is still very raw. And we knew that he was going to be at least a year of development. He has so much he has to learn. And he was just so vanilla when he came in, you know, like there wasn't much coaching at Villanova. And so, you know, already switching from defensive end to outside linebacker, I, I think that, you know, maybe next year, but I don't see him being an upgrade over even Zombo at this point. Um, you know, maybe setting an edge better than Ford. Okay, maybe, but I, honestly, I don't see the point. And then, you, you know, you talk about uh, Daddy Nicholas. Everyone's excited about him, thinking he's going to be a savior to this outside linebacker group. I always thought he was undersized. Um, I think that he would definitely have to put on some weight to be able to compete with some of these linemen in the NFL. Uh, but also, what what was Daddy Nicholas's injury, to be exact? I know it was pretty brutal injury to his leg
1: I, I don't remember what it was to be honest with you I remember I, I remember, forgot he I remember,
0: even I remember them talking about how it you know it could be like a career ending so you know add that on top of it I just don't see it daddy Nicholas is going to be a savior like Stephen Nelson was a savior in my opinion I mean <laughs> see, I think I think Stephen Nelson's a way bigger savior than Nicholas I, I don't think that he's as high as everyone else was anticipating. But I definitely think when you compare, you look at his competition. It, you know, you you knock out gains, okay. You know, you you you're talking about Daddy Nicholas pushing out Ford or Holly. I, I can't see that. After the year that Gaines had, I
2: would put Britt out there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, see, Nelson is a, so is yeah, a savior. So, yeah, Nelson Nelson is, all right, okay, okay. Nelson is a savior. All right, you got me there. I, yes, um, man, I don't know. Are kids listening to this? I don't have anything good to say about <laughs> Philip Gaines. But uh, I don't, I just feel like,
1: I, th- I think Daddy Anywhere? is going to be... I think he's kind of in the same boat as D. forty. He's undersized. I don't think he's a three-down linebacker out there. I think he's a pass rush specialist. Like, to start... I, I, none of us honestly know what Daddy can do. I mean, he hasn't done anything. We've seen him in preseason, show some signs, but we saw Jonathan Baldwin show signs in the preseason. So, that doesn't mean a whole lot. But... Like against the Giants, I wouldn't mind seeing Zombo get first and second down just because he can stop the run better than our other guys. He's not just in Houston. He's not great by any means, but he's better than the other guys. So I think you should have him first two downs, and then the third down, get a rotation. Do daddy for a little bit. Do TK for a few plays. Work out who's going to be your best guy. I'm like you guys. I think TK's young. He's got a lot to learn. But, man, when he's in, he goes full bore, and he's a beast out there. He's uncontrollable, and if a team just shoves him around, he's not going to do anything. But he's at least worth throwing out there.
2: We I mean, have – our defense can't get much worse, guys. I mean – No. Uh, is are – are we that much worse if we uh, – if we throw him in there for, for just a little bit longer, a few more plays. I mean, something's got to – all I'm saying is something's got to change. I understand. He's young. He's not there, and I don't think he'll be there next year either. I think it'll take a couple years for him to reach his potential. But, uh, you know, I, I I once talked to a guy named Brent that said, hey, you don't learn anything on the bench, you know. I mean, you got to get him out here when we were talking about a certain quarterback, backup quarterback. But uh, I just feel like uh, – Man something's got to change we can't get much we can't get much worse I, i'm I'm
1: uh... and, and I'm a big fan obviously with the quarterback we won't name right now <laughs> I, I know I'm a big fan of if I know what I know and I know that's bad then what I don't know is better than that I know D Ford is bad I know Frank zombos not that good I don't know if TK's really good I don't know if daddy's really good. <laughs> I'm cool with throwing them out there, especially the next six weeks when we play a bunch of junk. I mean, well, is, are we really worried about be- losing to the Giants because Daddy
0: or TK's playing? Right, and that that's what, what I kind of want to build off that is if Andy Reid would just put his foot on the opponent's throat and actually get us a sizable lead, we would actually get chances to you know, let the starters you know sit and keep them from getting hurt, and put guys out like Pasino or Daddy Nicholas and stuff like that. Like, let those guys get some snaps. But we we don't see Andy Reid ever try and put up a big lead. He gets that maybe a two touchdown lead, and he goes into just conservative mode. And you know, I, I think that that's really hurting guys like Pasadena and stuff. You know, like you said, you know, we don't know what they can do. We don't – the best way to learn is in the game. And until we see a sizable lead, I don't see either of those guys getting really any snaps. There's a chance
2: that if those guys don't get to see – you know, don't get the plays in the game, I mean, we're never going to get a sizable lead. I (laughs) – i mean we can't stop anybody i'm 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 gonna be negative all this whole show sorry (laughs) mom if you listen i know you hate it when i do that but i don't this is uh this is a depressing episode (laughs) if if we were to do an i'm thankful for since thanksgiving's right around the corner um You know, I don't think either of you guys would say I'm thankful for anything on the defense except maybe Marcus Peters. I even got
0: I got trash to talk on him too, so (laughs) he's not even safe. I think the only guy that Justin Houston out of respect, right? Justin (laughs) Houston. I think that I can't talk like you know, real big, high on him, but. I think that Ron Parker's been solid. I think he continues to be a big underrated player on this defense, and I know that he's not getting those huge plays like the whole secondary did last year. But, I mean, I think that, you know, you're right. This defense, something's got to change, and I, I liked seeing the change against Dallas, forcing the uh, – You know, basically running those actual base three, four sets, uh, bringing in the big guys, keeping two middle linebackers in. And it slowed Ezekiel Elliott down. He only had 3.4 yards per carry. And you're talking about the third leading rusher in the league. And, of course, you know, this week he starts his suspension and doesn't fight it, but whatever. Um, But I still think that the secondary is the biggest problem on this team right now because... You look at when we played against Dallas and we, we were able to stop the run, and the reason we can't do that very often is because our secondary, especially this year, has not been able to play one-on-one matchups. They constantly need help, whether it's uh, whether it's Kenneth Acker, uh, some Terrence Mitchell, even Nelson had a struggling game against Dallas. Uh, but honestly, that's, that secondary is pretty pretty weak right now, and it, it. I hope that it gets better after the bye week. Nelson has had a couple games under him. I hope they get Terrence Mitchell back out there, or I swear to God, I'm going to have to go down to Arrowhead. Um, but I, I don't think that Mitchell is playing as bad as everyone likes to say he is. I think that he has had a worse year than last year, especially, definitely. But, you know, you look at a guy who's targeted 15 times a game, someone that plays aggressive like he does. And a guy that you look at the difference and the main difference between him and Kenneth Acker is the fact that when that ball is thrown, Mitchell is right there with his guy. And yes, he might get a penalty here and there. And yes, he might get beat at the catch point, but he's right there. Kenneth Acker's on the field and you see the ball thrown and the receiver has about five to ten yards on Kenneth Acker. I, it, it's not even close. I do, I think that Terrence Mitchell has to come back in, or it's going to get worse.
1: Yeah, I mean Seth Kaiser had some great footage on Twitter of Kenneth Ackard. I mean, geez basically being it's horrible. Terrible. <laughs> it, it was. I mean, it was almost depressing to look at. <laughs> it's like, can we just delete these and never see him again? Yeah. Uh, Mitchell's by far their second best corner. He has been all year. You made the perfect point, Travis. He's there on every play, it seems like. Go, go to the Oakland game is a perfect example. He was on every single catch. He just didn't make the play. You know, whatever, offensive pass interference. I don't think it really was, but whatever. He was right there. couple catches, you know, the jump balls. He's sitting right there. He just didn't make the play. Last well, yeah, year, last year the guys made those plays. Yeah, last year, the guys made all those plays. All those were interceptions. This year, they're not all interceptions, and heck, they're not even knocking them down half the time. So I think uh-huh. Mitchell's by far second. Peters, if anybody hates Peters and the whole protest, I could care freaking less. He's by far your best corner and a top five corner in the league. Don't give me this not tackling crap. He tackles his guy. I don't pay him. To go up and nail a linebacker 10 yards downfield On the opposite side of the field from him That's what we have linebackers and safeties for Shut his side down like he does Ask Derek Carr why he ran to the left And threw right-handed at the Oakland game He said, uh, because Marcus (laughs) Peters is over there I'm not throwing to that side That's what I want
0: you for I think the only thing with Marcus Peters That, you know, people like to bring up the tackling thing Uh... I think the only thing that bothers me this year is, you know, you you, you you want your corners to be kind of like your outside linebackers in setting the edge and forcing that, that running back inside. And we have not seen him be able to set an edge very well this year or really put an attempt in it in the run game. Um, I don't know if, if that's him not – like basically trying not to get hurt, you know, being under his rookie contract. I know there's been a lot of talk about that, but that's really my only, uh, I guess, frustration. But at the same time, I got Justin Houston on that side who usually gets it done anyway. So I really don't, I don't have a problem uh, hardly with Marcus Peters. And especially, you know, like people want to talk about the protests and stuff. I'm not going to get into all that. I think that it's, Ridiculous, I think that, it, you know, it, if you're wanting to fire a guy because he kneeled, that uh, it's ridiculous. It'll be the same people that, you know, talk about how terrible Terrence Mitchell is and uh, how he shouldn't even be on the team. And you're pissed off about our secondary now. Well, imagine it without Marcus Peters. Yeah. Oh, they're trash.
2: They're all trash. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I uh, t- to Terrence Mitchell, uh, I I'll agree, I'll agree with you guys on that. I, he's he's he is the second best corner on the team. Um, you know, not only he's targeted as much as he is because the opposing team's number one is over there a lot. Um, he All game. he, oh yeah. I mean, so, of course, he's going to get targeted a bunch. The problem is, no, he's not making the big plays like he did last year. But he he's, he's not good enough to cover a one, in my opinion. Um, and so, I kind of said this about Philip Gaines. I know that's a bad word this season, but... I said this about Philip Gaines at the beginning of the season. I don't think he's a good number two. He doesn't need to be out there, but he, he is a decent nickel. I think he's a better nickel, but the only reason why I think Philip Gaines is a
0: better nickel is because he's not out there all the time. Um, I think You're not, Mitchell, you're not seeing get him get burned every play if he's only in the nickel. Right, right. So I think Mitchell would do a little bit better
2: in that spot. So I'm really hoping that our second round pick next year is is on a corner or a middle linebacker. I mean we're gonna need a middle linebacker. Um yeah, Pierre Lewis and, and uh and Raglan, they both look like they could they could be something. Um but we have a lot of could be somethings on the on the Chiefs defense right now. Yeah. And uh I'd rather have a definite and and we're lacking that. But Marcus Peters is is I hate hearing all the negative talk about Marcus Peters, uh, mainly because I want him to play good football, and I think mm-hmm. mostly he is playing good football. If there's a bright spot on the Chiefs' defense, it's Marcus Peters, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: him and I mean, I, you brought up Ron Parker earlier, and I mean, Ron Parker. I think they said he's played either every snap or almost every snap of the season, and. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been the most consistent guy All year He's your
0: su- second highest tackler, too Daniel Sorensen and Ron Parker lead the team in tackles right now
1: Yeah, which tells you how bad the defense is When your safeties are your yeah. tacklers But, exactly, you know, Parker's been good Sorensen He hasn't been horrible But, man, last year he was Almost near dominant You know, standing next to Barry all year And this year he's just kind of the same thing as Mitchell And everybody else the, they're just not making the big plays they made last year. There's not the interception. There's not the return for touchdowns. There's not the light-up. I mean, when was the last time you saw somebody, a chief tackler guy, went, ooh, look at that? I mean, there's just – like back when like everybody John- was on the field? Yeah, there's no Johnson lighting up a Raider in the backfield like he did last year. Oh, that was beautiful. You know, that, that hasn't <laughs> happened all year. And it's just from the line to the safeties. It's everybody – and I don't know if it's scheme, if it's – I don't know what it is, to be honest with you, because it's the exact same players as last year. The only different player is Poe and Logan, and Logan's an upgrade over Poe. So, And Barry's I not
0: there. I think when it comes to Terrence Mitchell, over the last two or three games that he was in especially, we saw him playing 10 yards off, ten yards off his receiver, and that is – you might as well just bench him at that point. I, I, I think that, you know, we, we talk about Marcus Peters being better up at the line of scrimmage, but for Terrence Mitchell, that's the only way you can play him is at the line of scrimmage. He has to be able to get his hands on the guy. He's not a speed corner. He's the big physical guy. That's going to make every receiver's life miserable. He's going to make you fight to get that ball. And I think that, You know, we we saw him, especially in the Raiders game. I think I noticed it the most. We saw him playing that far off and playing a lot more zone. And I mean, I I don't know what you expect him to do when they're doing a lot of you know real short curls, uh, out routes and stuff like that. And then a lot of times, it wasn't even his. Like it started out as his receiver, and he had to pass it off because it was his own defense. But yet he still takes the blame because I think that. You know we talked about the fifteen targets a game half the time, and you're you're seeing him constantly, so you obviously you know think that there is a problem here, and you're you're forgetting the fact that he is just being targeted that many times, and you go back and watch the film, he's right there. I think that he's got to be able to be on the line of scrimmage on his guy not ten yards off i I do not think that you know that 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 is definitely a Bob Sutton issue and you know, I I know all the talks about the you know Bob Sutton. I've seen countless people say he needs to be fired, but um, you know, of course, midseason I definitely don't agree with that. Uh, I don't know who you're going to bring in right now, and you're not going to change the scheme halfway through the season. But I think that there there is stuff that Bob Sutton needs to change and be more aggressive, but at the same time. We saw against Dallas when he does make that change, he made a big change to stop the run, and the secondary couldn't keep up. And so it's, you know, last year he was able to do a lot of that and be a little more aggressive, and but your secondary was holding up and holding their man. We don't have that this year, and it's really frustrating when you have most of the same group. And I know that Eric Berry is not in there. I think that Daniel Sorensen has... I think he's taken a bit of a step back. I mean, he's still the guy from last year that would make a really big play and then miss a bunch of tackles, you know, the next few plays. I think that he's not my guy that I want single high. I don't want to see anyone single high but Ron Parker. Uh, I don't want to see him in the box. So, really, the only role I see him uh, being successful in is that robber role that Eric Berry used to play. But – I, I don't know. I think I think that he's a good safety, but I think the tackling is one of his biggest problems. And when he plays up high, he his recognition needs work. He's late getting there. And we've seen that especially in the Raiders game where he was late getting over there a couple times to the sideline. But I I, I honestly I think the secondary is the biggest issue on this on this team.
1: So how much do we miss Eric Berry?
0: A lot. Right. Wait a minute, wait a minute Britt, you're not going to ruin this
2: for me I've been waiting to do this I've been waiting to do this (laughs) I I set it on a tee for you (laughs) How How important Is Eric Berry to this team And before you answer Before you answer, Britt I want you to explain why I'm asking you The question
1: (laughs) You're asking me the question because I'm probably The only Eric Berry hater in all of Chief's Kingdom (laughs) Mm
2: Mm-hmm
1: Because I'm the probably only person in the world That will say I think Eric Berry's overrated
2: Send your hate mail To Britt Zank (laughs) (laughs) Yeah
1: At BZank17 on Twitter Go ahead
0: (laughs) Uh, I I think that I I wrote an article About this a few weeks ago And I I kind of poked fun at you In the uh, Arrowhead Attic chat uh, There Britt But I think it you know I, th- I think he's a huge loss. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you at this point think that Eric Berry is not a huge loss? <laughs> You're
1: going to hate me, but no, I, I, I still don't think he's a huge loss. I think he's a loss. I mean, you lose your starting safety, and he's a really good safety. He's your best safety on your team. I think you lose a lot, but I don't think he's as big of a loss as some people want to make it out to be. Like, if Eric Berry was on this team, we'd have the fifth ring. Defense in the league, or something like that. No, I don't. I don't believe that. You know, no. I, I wrote an article back at the beginning of the year after he got hurt, where I showed numbers and stats and proof that the defense is no different in terms of stats and stuff when Ertberg is or isn't on the field. They actually improved when he wasn't on the field. To be quite honest, with what the stats prove. I think he's good, but I think he's an oversized linebacker. He's not that great at coverage. He's better than he was his first couple years, but he's still not that great at coverage.
0: I think week and, one would disagree with you.
1: Well, yeah, okay. He uh, <laughs> did good in zone <laughs> with Gronk, it, it, and the one play, like a couple plays, he did good. We can also go back to the playoffs two years ago where Gronk ate him for lunch. So,
0: oh, yeah.
1: That kind of it, itself. I think
0: he's upgraded.
2: If this was live, we would be losing about. 10 listeners per second <laughs> As Britt is talking As Britt is talking about About Eric Berry Oh, you kidding
1: me? We'd be getting tons You can't believe this idiot's hating on Eric Berry, how dare he
0: We'd be getting tweets right now Let me know when he's done talking Yeah mm-hmm.
1: But it just, it's just It's the proof, it's the numbers And the running game is no different We got eight up on the run last year The Steeler game, Eric Berry played the whole game And He still had 200 yards rushing so,
2: the numbers are very similar, Britt. They are. The, the, the yardage, the, the, everything is very similar. The difference is, what is our defense not doing this year? They're not making plays. What does Eric Berry do? He makes plays. No, last year.
1: Eric, the, but, last year, Eric Berry made plays. Name me one play off the top of your head he made before the Panther game last year.
2: Don't turn this around on me Okay, that's what I thought (laughs) Last year he was awesome Do not turn this around on me We don't have a single player on our secondary That can do what Eric Berry does Except Marcus Peters But even then all right, the Oakland loss Would we have lost the Oakland game If Eric Berry was playing? No
1: Probably not. Be honest. He, he Be honest would,
2: with me. Probably no. not,
1: because he would have knocked down that uh, hail mary pass to the one yard line, where Sorensen hesitated and took the wrong cut. Barry would have knocked it down.
2: Absolutely. Listen, our safeties, our safeties are just like our corners. Daniel Sorensen, Travis, doesn't look as good this year because we see him almost every down. Rather than last year, we did not see him every down. Our safety, he, so he's. He's okay because he's a lot better than Eric Murray, right? Yes. And Ron Parker is looks really good because he's that much better than Daniel Sorensen. Now I know they're two different safeties, but in our safety group, that to me that's that's how it works. I believe. uh, Even the Pittsburgh game, that Pittsburgh game with an Eric Berry. And I know he played the whole game when Pittsburgh beat us last time, but And the game
1: before that, when they played at the beginning of the year, and they beat us forty-five to thirteen, just
0: that FYI. was a whole team looking like garbage.
1: I know, but he was there. Just just FYI,
0: Babe
2: Ruth struck out every once in a while too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it, wrong sport. But <laughs> I, I I understand what you're saying. Is he worth the money? Uh, is he? Uh, no. Is he this guy? I don't know that any safety is. It is worth that money when you when uh, when you get right down to it. Um, but I think that no, we wouldn't have the, the fifth ranked defense. That's absolutely the truth. Um, well, we wouldn't have the fifteenth ranked defense probably. Uh, but we would have one fewer loss and. And I think we'd all feel a little bit better. Because there'd be two bright spots. Eric Berry's not gonna fail us. And that's we're not gonna go I don't think we're gonna have a season in his career where we're like unless it's it's his last season,
0: to where we're like, man, Eric Berry just sucks this year.
2: I don't think we're ever gonna say
0: that. And yeah. I never thought I'd say that about DJ and I'm start I'm slipping towards it. I mean I wouldn't say he sucks, but He's looking well, like, kind of poor
1: Yeah, but like Chris said In his last year, it's DJ's right. last year So same thing, but no, no, Barry will be good every year That's, no Now the problem is he's not worth anywhere near the money But we're paying him all that money And he actually got our GM fired Because our GM refused to pay him the money So
0: Well, yeah. he, he made him go out there on a prove-it deal Like he did just in Houston And both of them ended up having the season of their career and ended up being able to get a lot more money out of it. But my thing with Eric Berry is one, you're, you're missing your, uh, your leadership in the secondary. I think that he was a big leader on this defense, but especially in the secondary, I think that he was a big playmaker. I think his, um, his coverage skills have improved over the years. And I think that the biggest part that we miss is just his, you knew when he got down there, he was gonna make tackle. I can't, I feel like I'm watching college football right now with how many missed tackles we see, especially from Daniel Sorensen. I mean, I know he's the lead tackler on this team right now, but you could probably double it if you count how many he's missed. And the thing about when, when you, when you, I, I, I did, I read your article about Eric Berry and comparing with him without him, but the difference, From this year, when he's out and when he was diagnosed with cancer, is what is there other than Ron Parker? You had a lot more versatile safeties back then. You had guys that could play multiple different styles. You guys had guys that could cover or play single high or play at the line of scrimmage. We don't have that. We we don't have guys that can play multiple different styles. We have guys that play their specific style. Ron Parker is probably the only guy that can be somewhat versatile, but I think that he definitely needs to stay up high. Uh, you know, we we've seen um, Murray get torched a couple times. He looked pretty good his first couple games. After that, he was getting torched by tight ends. We've seen Sorensen up high, and we've seen him not recognize it and hesitate and not get there in time. We've seen him up in the box, not able to do it, getting pushed out of plays, being hesitant there. Um, and, you know, like I said, we're missing that, the playmaking. We're missing the tipped passes, the interceptions. And I, I honestly do, I, I agree that this is not going to be a number five defense with Eric Berry on it. I, I get that. But I definitely think this defense significantly improves just him being on that field. And one of the it, it sounds stupid, but Eric Berry was the guy that was, you know, outside of DJ who was putting the hurt on somebody. He would come in and make that hard hit, and it got the defense fired up every single time. With both DJ and Eric Berry out. Well, DJ's in, but he's not playing like DJ. He's not making those hard hits. We don't have that aggressive factor, it seems like. And, you know, a defense that is revolved around Eric Berry, DJ, Peters, and Houston. And you still have Peters in there. You still have Houston in there. And you have DJ in there who's not playing up to DJ standard. And then you have Berry not in there the defense is schemed for those four players. And when even one of those guys is gone and another one is playing about half the par, something does have to change and it makes a huge disruption in the balance of this scheme.
1: And I, that I agree with Travis and we'll kind of, I'll, I'll steer us away from Barry cause we could do like five whole shows on Eric Barry <laughs> versus the world. But once that, again, if, Brit
0: Zank 17.
1: Yeah. Uh, but that's the part of the problem, too, is, and we're going to go to Sutton here because the scheme is for Eric Barry. He's used to having Eric Berry play that extra linebacker, basically, down there. Well, Eric Barry's out. So what's he do? He just puts in Sorensen and says, hey, let's run the same defense. Sorensen isn't Barry. You can't run the same freaking defense. Johnson is not Derek Johnson of two years ago. You can't run the same freaking defense. And that's the problem this year. He's trying to run the same defense designed around Ali, Houston, Johnson, and Barry. Mm-hmm. Ali isn't there. Johnson's half himself. Barry's gone. And Houston's not a hundred percent. That defense isn't gonna work.
0: Well, and you so, also had Barry playing that robber role, uh, especially late last season, and that's where a lot of the playmaking came. And um, you, you don't have a group of safeties to be able to do that without Barry. You don't, you know, I guess you could put Murray up high with Parker and have Sorensen play that robber role, which I think is probably his best role in that, in his, I guess, skill set. But it's still not Eric Barry. And I still believe that the tackling is the biggest thing because, you know, we, we all saw we all kind of overlooked his tackling because you know oh well the running backs already got 7 to 10 yards so okay yeah he got to tackle what what now well this year that 7 to 10 yard gain is turning into 20 to 25 yard gains because of missed tackles i think that's the biggest point that we miss eric berry was he was our best tackler last year
1: yeah that's 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 true
0: Yeah, it is true. Very true. Um, You
2: know, it goes back to, before we move on, it goes back to the fact that all the focus this year is on the secondary, how poorly the secondary is playing. And at the beginning of the episode, I had mentioned that the defensive line, to me, is where it all starts. If we, if the Chiefs, can get a consistent pass rush, then our secondary, the numbers will get better. I don't expect the players to just all of a sudden get better in the secondary, but the numbers will get better. The opportunities will will be there. The situation will change again. I, I go back to that. It's a team game. It, this is where it all all happens. Man, these quarterbacks are having all sorts of time in the backfield, um, and and. Our secondary isn't that good our secondary isn't 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 strong really anywhere except over on Peter's side and the people that we have I always always play this little game you know uh, with Daniel Sorensen be starting on the Cleveland Browns would, yes. uh, tar- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With Terrence Mitchell And I'm, and I'm just using I'm pretty email.
0: sure Phillip Gaines would be starting On the Cleveland Browns <laughs> That's right, Yeah, I, I hear you
2: But barely, just barely And so If we had a consistent Pass rush, I think it would change So much Our secondary has looked good Twice this year One, Once, you know, I felt like The secondary looked really good Against New England in Week One, um, it's Tom Brady. You know he's he's going to do Tom Brady things. Yeah, but then uh, because Barry was on the field. That's right, <laughs> and and then and then uh, and then uh, Simeon made, made us look good. Oh yeah, um, and uh, and we didn't ride it that momentum whatsoever. Um, so and that's why I, that's why I said that I believe that the defensive line is where it all starts because if they do their job. They're not stopping the run. They're not rushing the quarterback. They're not putting much pressure uh, consistently on the quarterback. The quarterback has a lot of time back there to do whatever he wants. Uh, holes are opening up. that if, it, if, it's a, uh, if he's a scrambler, he he can run 10, 15 yards pretty easy. We're not there. It's like they're absent. It's like we're running the prevent defense 100% of the time. And... Uh, I, that's why I, I That's why I focus on them As as The focal point of our defense Our defensive line isn't doing anything Our secondary is poor Our roster is poor Madden got it pretty right Okay um, But if, And if you're not going to blame If you're not going to blame the defensive line um,
0: You know I blame Bob Sutton I agree that you know, of course, the defensive line and the linebackers, if they're getting pressure on the quarterback, it, it definitely gives the quarterback less time for receivers to get open and stuff like that. And I, I agree 100%. I think that if we got more pressure, that our secondary will look a lot better. I think that especially if Terrence Mitchell is in and playing on the line of scrimmage and you're getting pressure, I don't think that 80% of these plays that he's given up are made just because of how aggressive and, you know, how physical he plays. But at the same time, last year, we had almost no pass rush whatsoever, and the secondary was amazing. I mean, it it, it was phenomenal. And, yeah, we gave up a lot of plays, a lot of yards, but when it came down to it, especially in the red zone, they made plays. And I think that, you know, there's definitely really any – uh, group the secondary, the linebackers, defensive line. You could say, if, well, if they did this, the other part of the defense would do better. And you know, we we right. go in circles about that. Sure, if you have if you have
2: a uh, if you have playmakers in the secondary, then you can have a weak defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a weak secondary, you can't afford to have a weak defensive line, and the linebackers too. I mean, it, it is it it's a uh, it's a vicious circle. Um, something needs to change uh, Personnel wise We're running out of people um, But something something Has to change I'm, I, If I was to grade The Chiefs defense Every position would get an F And I have to grade them every week by the way And, uh, and it's, it's It's hard It's like this week against the Giants How am I, how am I supposed to grade the Chiefs over the Giants uh, knowing, knowing the Chiefs Like I do uh, their, their defense and uh, I don't know it, it's it's amazing the the difference between 2016 and 2017 not in the yards that we've given up because um, you know that I hate the phrase bend and not break but uh, we're bending and we're breaking this season where last season we didn't do that quite
0: so much so I got I got just a couple questions and then we'll go into the Giants game. So do we all agree that it's time to look for either in the draft or free agency a new pass rusher to replace Ford?
1: Uh, unless TK or Daddy show you something at the rest of the year, I think it's a position you got to look at at least. I mean, I don't think it's something we need in the first round, second round, or anything, but. Unless Daddy or TK show you something big, it's definitely something you got to look at. Because I don't think Zombo or Ford are going to be back next year. Because I don't think you can pay D Ford eight million dollars to do the garbage he does. No comment.
0: No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think that they'll definitely have to find something there. Just with Holly leaving for sure. Um, I don't know about Zombo. I think, I honestly think Ford will find a way to stay on the team unless these back problems just turn into a really huge issue. And if that's the case, I do think that they need to go up high to get, um, you know, another pass rusher. And of course, all of this changes, you know, even, um, you know, your thought on that, Britt, would change if you know say we get a first round pick or even two seconds or whatever we get for you know whatever we get for smith if he leaves after this year could change your mind with what picks we have but i do think that they need to go and find us a new pass rusher i don't think that ford is is cutting out i think he can find something better in just about every year's draft but okay so eh, bob sutton does he have a job at the end of the year
1: If they go to the AFC Championship game or Super Bowl, yes. If they lose before then, no. He'll be the scapegoat for the season so that they can run back everything exactly the same next year and they'll say Bob Sutton was the problem and they'll ditch Bob Sutton. He'll be the sacrificial lamb.
2: I don't see how you can have any other option
0: than what Britt just said. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I just don't think uh, a mid-season change would do us any good at this point. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what – you know, We obviously we don't know what coaches are going to be on the market. Um, but, I mean, I, I know that we've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, would we want to see Rex Ryan here. You know, he runs the very similar – defense you know he Sutton was working under Rex Ryan and I think that Rex Ryan is a good defensive coordinator I don't think he's a good head coach and my problem though with Rex Ryan is he plays to his scheme he doesn't play uh, to his talent he plays to his scheme and we saw him ruin Buffalo's top five defense by switching them to a 3-4 and but he is more aggressive Um so, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I guess I could go either way on Rex Ryan being defensive coordinator. I don't think that – I can't see him coming back for a coordinator job, though.
1: Nah, I, I don't either. And that's – and you hit the nail right on the head there. What we need is – and this is what we need at every coaching position. And this is what all coaches should be. You coach to who's on your team, and you coach to who's on your team that week. The reason Bill Belichick is better than everybody else he changes his game plan every single week. Yep. Unfortunately with us, Andy runs the same offense out there no matter if we're playing the Steelers, the Titans, the Giants, or anybody else. Sutton runs the same defense out there no matter if we're playing the Steelers, the Patriots, the Titans, or anybody else. Well, the same thing that works against the Giants and the Titans won't work against the Patriots and the Steelers on offense and defense. You have to be able to adjust to who's on your team every week. Sutton's defense was great when DJ and Ollie and Barry were 100%. They're not. It's not working. You have to adjust. You have to change with what you have. And otherwise, we're going to end up in the same place we are last year where we're going to run the exact same stuff out there and we're going to hit the Patriots or Steelers in the playoffs and they're going to go, hey look, same thing. Do what we usually do and we'll lose again.
0: Do you have any comment, Chris? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know,
2: it, it's. I I don't want anything to do with either either the Ryan brothers. Um, I feel like uh, I don't know. i I'm, I'm, I feel like that the complete the defense needs a complete overhaul, in my opinion. Uh, I, I think uh, there's five or six personnel players that we need to keep. Um, but this is, you know, how often, I think we said this about something about the offense last week or on the first episode, how, oft, how many times are we going to do the same thing over and over and over with the same people trying to get different results? It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And, and I hope, just like you hope and Britt hopes and everybody, every other Chiefs fan out there hopes that you know, this is going to be the year. I like, I like Philip Gaines. Why? Because he's a Kansas City Chief. That's the type of fan I am. But I'm sick and tired of seeing him play, um, and that's kind of how I feel about everybody out there. Um, I, you know, we're we're talking about Zombo being back and D Ford being back, and and talking about what Sorensen can do and Terrence Mitchell and Stephen Nelson and all these guys, and they're not doing it. I mean, they're just not doing it. And, and I'm, I'm not impressed. I'm disappointed. Uh, I, I fought tooth and nail at the beginning of the season telling everybody how great our defensive line is. So there you go. That's why I think it's the biggest, uh, the biggest focal point, but it, it's, it, I thought that we were going to have a top 10 defense and I thought it was going to be an ugly defense. And you remember, see last year we gave up a lot of yards. But the Kansas City Chiefs defense was the number one defense in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you score? How do you score defensively in fantasy football? By, by not allowing many points and turnovers. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. And we're not getting them. And, uh, and uh, I've, in one of my leagues, Kansas City defense is, is, you know, is free to pick up on the waiver wire this year. I mean that's how bad it is I'm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I stand should I should I left it no comment
0: that's fine I, I, I agree 100 percent I think that how they rank defenses you know especially like the yards like I don't I don't even think that should be how you rank an offense I think it's how many points are scored against your defense how many points your offensive you know offense scores stuff like that but uh you know we're we're already running probably about somewhere around an hour, I'm guessing, Britt. But so, what do you guys think uh, about the Giants game? Uh, do you have any kind of concern for this very weak team? Is it you know maybe a trap game? Uh, what what, do you, what are you guys' predictions for this? This game scares the
2: crap out of me, to be honest with you. Um, the reason why I, I the, the Chiefs are going to win. If they lose, then. Uh, you think i'm bad this time around uh, <laughs> you think i'm depressing right now mom you just wait <laughs> yeah yeah wait until you hear next week listen uh, it, wouldn't you guys agree that if the chiefs don't win by at least 24 points this is going to be a disappointment i mean you know whether the score is 24 to nothing or or 80 to 56 uh, uh the Chiefs have to go out there and they have to do What we all think they're going to do um, I think This is a perfect game for Kareem Hunt To uh, to get back You know in the motion hopefully we're up by 14-17 and, and uh, uh, Going into The second half and, and Andy Reid runs the ball um, I, I think it's the perfect opportunity for Kareem Hunt to get back on, on pace um, I think it's a Good chance for some of some of our receivers not named Tyreek Hill to, uh, to, to do something well. Um, and on the defensive side, um, everybody else has caused problems for New York Giants' offense, uh, including, uh, you know, I think uh, injuries, of course, are the Giants' worst enemy this season. But um, their starting two receivers are out still. Oh, yeah, yeah. Name name a, a Giants receiver, not name Sterling Shepard, that's going to be playing on Sunday. I can't. Well, he just um, took
0: the one I knew. There you
2: go. So, uh, if it's not at least a 24-point win, I think it would be disappointing. Um, uh, I think uh, the Chiefs have to go out there
0: and they have to beat the Giants like we think they should beat the Giants, in my opinion. And that's where I talked about Andy Reid not being able to put his foot on the opponent's throat, and this would be a perfect time to do that and get a big, sizable lead early and start plugging in guys like Pasino, like, uh, you know, like Akeem Hunt, let him get some carries. You know, guys like that, like let them get some snaps when you have a sizable lead. All
1: right. I think this is one of, pretty much like every game the rest of the year is going to be, where it's a no-win game for the Chiefs. They're going to win. Big deal. If they lose, the holy cow, it's death to the world. But as long as they win, it doesn't matter how they win. It won't change anything. It won't change how anybody's opinions are going into the playoffs. If anything, if they only win by 10 or 12 points, which is what I expect them to do, then... People are going to worry, well, man, why didn't you kill the Giants? Because we don't kill anybody. Andy Reid doesn't do that. He'll take the <laughs> foot off the gas. We'll win easily. You won't be worried at all. But we'll only win by 12 points, 13 points, when we It'll should win
0: the by same 30. same continuing uh, statement about an Andy Reid-driven team. They just found a way to win. Nobody knows really how. They just found a way somehow. Yeah. And, uh, any, and any problem is his fault, and he'll get better at it, and they'll look
1: forward to the challenge of next week.
0: And he will take the blame. He'll, he'll take the blame for, you know, bad quarterback play or corners. What? anyone, He'll take the blame, and it's on him to make changes, and he won't. Yeah. so we'll see it's, the same thing the next week.
1: Yeah. So, in the end, this week won't do yeah. much. They're going to win. They'll win by – 14, give or take a few, the offense will look good, the defense will look okay, and <clears throat> we'll go into the playoffs going, we have no idea what they're going to do in the playoffs. Are they going to be not. the team that dominates bad teams? I think I saw somebody that said under Andy Reid, the Chiefs are 33-5 and five against 500 or less teams. He's the king of the Dick Vermeil. keep bad teams losing. That's, <laughs> that's great. Unfortunately, we don't play the bad teams in the playoffs. We play the Steelers and the Patriots, and until he proves he can beat them in the playoffs, what they do against the Giants doesn't mean anything.
2: I I, I do agree with you. Uh, the only thing about the Giants is, I don't think I don't think they are just like every other. Game we're going to play for the rest of this season. I get what you're saying, you know. Uh, they're all weighted win. wins. Yes, yeah, if we if we win, we win, and if we lose, holy crap, that is going to happen. Um, and I'm sure we will lose one more game before the season. With our defense, how could we not? Um, and that's again depressing to say. But the Giants are, to me, they're the most broken. They're the worst team in football you're welcome Cleveland Brown fans um, all two of you that may be listening sometime the Giants are broken I mean they are broken they had a team meeting okay they had a team meeting um, coach and players it was uh, it was uh, brutal it, okay it was brutal and and Ben McAdoo you know, he came out and he said we were brutally honest, and we and we pointed people out, and we put people on the spot. And Antonio Rodgers Cromartie said something that that I was thinking the whole time. It's just too damn late. It's too late. They're having at one and eight. They're going to have a team meeting to try to turn things around. There's no way this team is so broken. They're so. Uh, the, Have you watched them play? I mean, it's bad. Yes, it's horrible. Cleveland, I have seen Cleveland play um, on red zone, not by choice. They, from what I see, they actually try um, a little bit. And the Giants, they give up. They don't try. They quit chasing people. They they quit tackling. They quit uh, trying to fight for that extra yard. They're broken. They don't have any running game. They don't have any receivers to throw to. They don't have any linemen to protect Eli Manning. This is why, this is why the Chiefs, in my opinion, really need to go out there. I know Andy Reid will be will be the largest obstacle of the Chiefs on Sunday. I agree with that. He will be the biggest obstacle, but they have to go out there because the Giants are such a broken team.
1: Agree
0: 100%. I think if they lose to the Giants, either we're going to have to allow cussing on this show <laughs> or we might have to take like a three week break, even though we just started. Uh,
2: I did say, I did say damn earlier. Oh, I said it again. Fine, I, but... I, I apologize. Well, my pastor actually may be. Re- uh, so I'll, I'll be at church Sunday. Okay. It'll be okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I I think that you know we we all believe that this should be a big, uh, sizable win. You know, nowhere even close. Uh, but but if we know Andy Reid like we do, it'll be within two touchdowns at least. Um, and that's being kind of generous. But no like I said, I think that they need to get a really good lead going and cripple that team and put in those guys like Passino, like Akeem Hunt, and guys like that. Let them get more reps to continue their development and so we can actually see what they can do.
2: The Chiefs need to put a performance on, okay, so much so that the Giants, towards the end of the game, have to do what the Tennessee Titans are doing right now as we speak, <laughs> on offense, kneeling the ball so the game is over. okay they they give up they throw the white flag we've got the ball and we don't even want to do anything with it let's get out of this place we're out of here that's the type of game that Kansas City needs to have on Sunday
0: against the Giants I completely agree so all right we're gonna wrap it up uh why don't you guys go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you whether it's social media or where you write
1: uh you can find me at Bzank17 on Twitter. Uh, he hates Nick Barry. I, I do hate Nick <laughs> Or and and I'm not a big fan of Andy Reid either. So let's just let's get it all in here. Uh, in the hate. Yeah, uh, you can read and dislike my articles at Arrowhead Addict, <laughs> like most people do.
0: I mean, to be fair, there's really <laughs> never any positive comments on an article. True. Um. <laughs> Like when you share it to Twitter, you'll 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 start getting some feedback from both sides. But on the article, there's never positive comments. If you
2: ever see a like on Brit's Twitter <laughs> on one of his accounts, he liked it himself. Okay. <laughs>
1: and my mom's not on Twitter, so she can't do it. Yeah, so I don't blame goes. my mom. <laughs>
2: Oh, that's funny! No, there are never any nice comments, and if there are, it's it's uh, it's usually spam. Um, you know,
1: uh, <laughs> hey, that girl was cute.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you follow her, she'll she'll teach you three thousand ways to make a million dollars in a year. Um, Chris Taylor, I think my Twitter account is C Taylor nineteen eleven. I'm not for sure. I've, I've never I've never tweeted myself. Um, I write for Casey Kingdom You can go over there Also Casey uh, Kingdom is on Facebook And Twitter itself Follow it uh, I write a lot um, And leave me all the negative comments You want to as well um, I know I have a fake account hey, That I get on, on Brit stuff all the time so, <laughs> so it, It's fun So I look forward look forward To reading them
0: Yeah, my name's Travis Steffen. I write for Arrowhead Addict uh, with Britt since uh, Chris decided to leave us. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at SteffenNFL, And I think my favorite was this last Saturday. You know, I I have the, uh, you know, every Saturday I post an article over on Arrowhead Addict. And, you know, I posted about uh, basically talking about, you know, the last four games, what has gone wrong, stuff like that. And I basically put the title that Alex Smith should not be your scapegoat. And dear Lord, it it was people were looking at the um, at the title of it on Twitter and arguing the points that I wrote, like wrote down in the article. And it got to a point where our editor, Matt Connor, at Arrowhead Addict got on Twitter and was like, why don't you read the article? you're literally arguing the points that he put in that article.
1: Nah, that's so too much. So definitely
0: please read before you start uh arguing against it. You know, he, he, the the title does not say everything. But that that's all we got for you guys today. Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Um should be up on iTunes pretty soon. It it is up on Stitcher and a couple of Android apps. And then, of course, you can always check it out on Blog Talk Radio where uh, we will post it onto Twitter for Blog Talk Radio. So uh, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. See ya. Peace out.